are welcome here. Come fly in this place and feel the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Hello, I am Molly, and this is Jesus Without the Junk. Real life, real truth, and real Jesus. We have a two-part teaching on the Holy Spirit, and our biblical foundational scripture comes from John 16, 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. For those of you who don't know, I grew up in St. Albans, West Virginia, right across the street from the First Presbyterian Church. There was an alleyway that separated my house on the corner from the church. So there was never a question about me attending Sunday school or church. However, usually by about 11.25 a.m., and you could set your clocks to this, you'd find me asleep on my mother's right shoulder as the pastor would just thunder on sometimes. So the only true knowledge of God I gleaned from all of my church going and Sunday school as a young girl was that I knew that God was the Father, Jesus was his Son, who in the world was the Holy Spirit, and how did three people get into one body anyway? The Apostles' Creed was recited in each service, and it contained the phrase, the Holy Ghost. And that was enough to, that frightened me as a young child. Holy Ghost? Did somebody say Holy Ghost? Was he a puff of smoke who floated in the air like Casper? Was he friendly? Where did he live? How do I get one? And it wasn't until after turning my life to Christ at 39 that I would encounter that phrase again. And even then, it was a very vague concept. 
when I placed my nose to the grindstone of my crosswalk, I began to comprehend the full scope of who he was, little by little. He is called the paraclete. And the word signifies an intercessor, a comforter, a helper, an advocate, a counselor. He's called to come alongside. He is a person who dwells with us. He teaches and brings to remembrance. He bears witness. He convicts of sin. He guides. He speaks. He declares. He inspires the scriptures and speaks through them. He speaks to his servants, calls ministers, sends out workers, forbids certain actions, and intercedes. He has the attributes of an actual personality. Love, will, mind, thought, knowledge, words. In other words, he is the other self of Jesus. And this is according to Zondervan. He is most definitely a he. Wouldn't you agree? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 teaches all of us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, visualize this concept with me, if you will, since you're listening today. I have a glass of milk, plain milk, in my left hand. And this glass of milk represents someone who has not accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. In my right hand, I have a big bottle of chocolate syrup. When the Holy Spirit comes to indwell you after you've accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, it's as if the big bottle of Hershey's syrup is squeezed inside of that glass of plain milk. Now, at first, the milk appears to remain unchanged. But as one begins to study God's Word, praying to the Father through Jesus Christ in order to build a personal relationship, seeking the Lord's face concerning their life issues, and trying to learn about the ways of God, the milk starts to transform very gently as you stir it into another color. It's transitioning into a new creation. And the more that one deposits in their heart, the more that one is going to reap from the Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes over your old man, and then all things become new. But it's step by step, little by little, here a little, there a little. It doesn't come all at one time. And my concern a lot of times with individuals is that 
They expect when they accept Jesus Christ as Savior that, zap, my whole life is going to be better. Better now? Well, it's not better. What's the matter? What am I doing? Well, I'm not doing this anymore. And they get, some people get very anxious and they just quit. But I can tell you if you stay on the path and you stay steadfast, that glass of white milk will turn to be a rich, dark color and you will be amazed at the change that the Holy Spirit accomplishes in your life. It's his job to change us into the likeness of Christ, not only for God's purposes to be fulfilled through us, but in order to prepare us for eternity. Think of a great big line in your imagination. A great, just great big, draw a great big line on a board somewhere and think of that. And at the, at the beginning of the line, put a big circle. That's us right here right now on earth and that line that goes on forever and ever and ever is us in eternity and I can tell you what we do here in that little blip will determine what we do for eternity for millions upon millions upon millions of years it's even hard for me to fathom it I don't think about it a lot but um, I try to stay steadfast and keep my mind focused on the here and the now instead of eternity so I have an acronym that I want to give to you today, and it is TEACH. And we're going to go through every single letter, T-E-A-C-H. The Holy Spirit is here to train us. You know, I had become sick and tired of, of not only my life, but just life. But somewhere in my mind, and I knew that God was going to be the way out of my mess. I just didn't know how. And somewhere also with that thought was the feeling that, you know what, you're not going to be able to pull the proverbial wool over God's eyes, and there's a truth reckoning coming, Molly, in your life. You know, I'd always thought someday that I'd follow God, but I was under the assumption that I had to give up everything that I loved in order to do that. But at 39 years old, I ended up broke busted and disgusted I had been given I looked back and I thought man you have God has given you great advantages in this life and all that you have managed to do is destroy them all you know I'd been around Christians who said they were born again and I'd witnessed how their lives had actually changed I mean it was it was miraculous to me to see these people whose lives had changed for the better I thought Amy Grant was cool so I thought well you know what you know Molly how bad could it be you know what is it you think that you have to give up but what really drove me to God was that I wanted to be made new again I just didn't like me anymore. I didn't like the life I was living, the thoughts I was having, the actions I was um, fleshing out. I just didn't like it anymore. And I wanted those old things to pass away. So one evening I knelt before the Lord and I said, if you are really real, you're going to have to help me because I don't want to live down here like this anymore. And then I added, um, give me a hunger and thirst for your word that I cannot satiate with anything else but you because I'm 
was such an obsessive compulsive person that I knew that if I did anything it was going to be to the extreme so I thought well I've done everything else to the extreme let me do God to the extreme for a change and let's just see if my life turns out better so immediately after you know a lot of tears and sobbing I felt like I had hope in my heart you know nothing banged me down or whatever but I felt like, okay, you've gone to the only one who can help you now. So if he is really real, let's just see what happens. So I began my journey, and I stepped onto that yellow brick road with the Holy Spirit. And it was the best thing that I have ever done for myself. And this is one speaking Uh, from the point of view of having a lot of material things in this life, you know, in order to make you happy. So I went to the Lord once I stepped onto that road, and I'm like, so what is it I do? What do do I do? Like, I don't even know what to do. I've always loved mysteries. Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie were just, I loved to read those when I was younger. So I was going to put God to the test. I was going to put him to the fire, and I got my great big old magnifying glass, and I thought, okay, I'm going to seek you out with everything in me, and we're just going to finally see if you're really real or are you just some puff of smoke somewhere, uh, you know, from people's imaginations. And I just began. I didn't even know what to do, so I just sat on the floor at night, Indian style, right before the Lord, and I just started talking to him. I had an NIV study Bible, and I'd kind of flip through that, not even knowing what to do or where to go or what to look for. And I just sat and started talking. And I'd find myself talking to the Lord for several hours. And I'm like, wow, this is liberating. I got to talk all I wanted, but I felt like shackles were coming off of me that had kept me bound and encased in someone that, I wasn't created to be. No one ever said to me, well, okay, Molly, your time's up, and that'll be $100 if you could just leave the check on the desk, and I'll see you next time. God was available to me 24-7. I mean, look, I had been through years of counseling. I've been to um, a Christian psychologist. I've been to two psychiatrists. No one ever did for me what God did for me through the power of the Holy Spirit. I watched the 700 Club because I I had just, I'd heard of it out on the streets. And I thought, well, let me just tune in there. You know, let me just see what's going on there. See what these people are saying. I was amazed by what they were saying, and I learned from another pastor in Virginia Beach that I tuned into on Sunday mornings, Courtney McBath. I learned to him that there is power, supernatural power, through the Holy Spirit. I'm like, wow, I need, okay, I need some of that. And then I would tune into Dr. Charles Stanley on Saturday evenings, and he's the one who taught me to halt. Every time you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, stop because that is an open door to the devil you need to go pray you know get your head straight mind straight first before you do anything else I taught about I I learned that there was a gift of faith 
And I did all this Monday through Saturdays, anytime I had the opportunity to do that. And then I'd go to, to the Lord at night, and I'd open my Bible maybe to a scripture I'd been given that day by a TV, someone on TV, and I'd talk to the Lord about that scripture. I learned integrity and the uprightness of character, which God does require from Billy Graham. The Holy Spirit was training me the way he knew that I would receive it, the way that he knew that it could not only benefit me in this life, but the ones that God would place around me. The next letter in our acronym is E. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us to enable us to do the things that we cannot do on our own. He helps us carry these big loads that we're carrying around, these backpacks full of troubles and, and problems. No matter how great or small that they might seem to others, they can be mountainous to us. You know, I was a baby Christian without any real true knowledge of God. To the world, I appeared like I should be a grown-up adult. I should know better. But I didn't, and I felt like a small child who was being taught, led, and enabled to pick up my mess of a life one day at a time, believing that what God said in Isaiah 49, 16 was really true, that he had us in the palm of his hand. The Holy Spirit opened my mind. I know that he had to open my mind, for there's no way that I would have received everything that I did had my mind not been opened. And he set me free from years of bondage and hurt and pain that I had unknowing, unknowingly buried deep, deep, deep inside. He gave me the will to want to carry on. When I honestly was not certain how I was going to navigate through life anymore. The next letter in our acronym and the last one for this um, podcast today is A. He is here to assure us. He is your knower deep inside of you, right where your stomach area is. And he constantly assures and confirms through answers whether they come through uh, uh, someone you know or whether they come through a song or whether they come through a pastor, that he is listening to the questions that you have and he's going to get you those answers because he knows that they're crucial and vital for your life. I can tell you that there, are, there were certainly instances where I thought the Holy Spirit was leading me in a certain direction only to discover afterward that it probably wasn't his leading. But with him, I was pliable and I was teachable. If I really erred wrong, I always went before the Lord and repented. Like, I won't do that again. I promise, I promise. And I still do. I'm very quick to repent of anything in my heart that I think shouldn't be there. Asking God to forgive me. You know, I had so much sin in my life to atone for. Um, that I have really become my own taskmaster. And I think a lot of it has been to my own detriment. But I want to make sure I'm clean for God to use. 
my goal is to please the Father who saved me and set me free. And today, you know, when my heart feels off or feels odd about doing something, you know, I wait. I don't jump into that river anymore just because somebody asked me to do something that might sound like a good thing. I pray about it. I might put a fleece out before the Lord about it, and I haven't taught you about those, but I will. You know, and I wait and listen for his guidance, to, for him to confirm to me his will. He promises he confirms his word by two or more people. I'm a people pleaser. I'm still a people pleaser. And I've tried to accommodate so many people for so long that I finally learned years later the, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen that Satan uses that tactic to wear me out physically. I mean, I can tell you, you wouldn't believe all of the things that I've done all at one time, calling it multitasking when I'm sitting down at night sobbing because I'm so exhausted. And I'm thinking, that just can't be God. I'm sorry. It just, it's not, no, it's not God. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So if you're in a position like that, too, where you have to say yes to everybody all the time, you know, maybe you need to draw back and start praying and waiting and listening for guidance from heaven. So that ends the first part of our message on the Holy Spirit. And I am Molly, and this is Jesus Without the Junk, and I look forward to next time. Thank you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fly in this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence.